Good morning. And we welcome you if you are watching online. We're thrilled to have you as a part of Riverside this morning. And um, we'd love to hear from you. So send us a message. Let us know that you're watching. We also this morning want to welcome back from an amazing, successful mission done, missions trip to Brazil. All that are here from the team that went. Can you stand, please? And let's welcome who are here. There they are. God bless you. I've heard such great stories, and you're going to hear about it uh, over the next few weeks. We're going to try and get some news out about that trip. It was an amazing trip. I want to start by telling you about two fictitious but could be real people and we'll call them Bill and Ben. Now, if I said that in UK, everyone would burst out laughing, but I'm not going to tell you why. But we're calling them Bill and Ben. Bill came to church. He welcomed everyone as he always did as he walked in. And um, it was that he sat down, and as the songs were being sung, he mouthed along with the songs um, he did everything that he always did when he came to church, including dozing off during the sermon, and, um, and then he left until next week. Well, Ben, he came to worship. He prepared his heart in prayer before he left the house. He asked God to speak to him as he made his way into worship. He not only sang the songs, but he let the songs penetrate his spirit. When prayer was happening, he allowed Holy Spirit to convict him of sin and receive forgiveness. He listened for God's voice in the Word of God as it was read from the Scriptures. He listened to see if there would be a prophetic word that would have content that would touch his heart. And then he listened carefully to the preaching and again, looked for God to stretch him and challenge him and cause him to grow. Then Ben looked for people around him as he was leaving that he could encourage and maybe pray for. And then he went back out into the community to serve God. He went back out realizing that worship doesn't only happen on a Sunday, it happens every day. And as he goes, Ben knows that he has met with God. See, Bill came to church, but Ben came to worship. And there's a big difference. See, Bill had nothing but dull routine, and Ben had life-changing experiences. Now, if you're here in, and into the dull routine, you may ask the question, well, John, how can I engage in the life-changing worship that Ben experienced? And the answer lies in the person and the work of Holy Spirit. The first thing that I want you to notice this morning as we draw to the Word of God is that human beings are not naturally drawn to worship God. We were created for worship, but sin and disobedience put a stop to that happening. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, 
once we were dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. That's an amazing statement. You see, if you are dead in your sins, you can't be responsive to God. If we are spiritually dead, we cannot love God and we cannot worship God. Then look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul says, At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. So Paul was saying another reason why human beings are not naturally drawn to worship is that we are foreigners to the things of God. Now if I give you a tune. La, 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 la. You will say that's a familiar tune. That's a familiar American tune. I can't just place it. And I'd say you're absolutely wrong because that is actually the first stanzas of the British national anthem. God save our gracious queen. Now if I should come to you and sing and say la 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 you will say that's ours. I want you to know it's mine as well. You see, once, when I first came here to the United States, you called me an alien. I I was known as a legal alien. When people asked who you were, I would say, I am legal, but I am an alien. But I became a citizen. And... uh, But it is that you recognize the song because you class it as yours. Paul says that there is worship that you can only be a part of if you belong to Jesus. That it is that there's worship that you can only be a part of if it is that you've had the transforming power of Jesus in your life and you are born again. Outside of that, it will just be singing and it will be unusual and it will be uncomfortable. Outside of you knowing Jesus as your Savior, when you come into a worship service like you've seen the beginnings of this morning, we've not finished by any means, but the fact is when you come in and you've not been a part of it and you're not knowing Jesus as your Savior, that it is that now it will be just singing and it will be like that and it will just become a routine of dull church. It will almost be foreign to you. But if you're a child of God, oh yeah, if you're a child of God, then the singing is now music to your ears and you are drawn in to worship God. Oh yeah, if it is that you are now in the place of knowing Jesus as your Savior, it makes all the difference in the world. So you say, well, John, if I understand you right, then I can't really understand or enter into real worship because I'm dead spiritually 
and I'm a foreigner to the things of God. But right now, John, I'm feeling drawn right now to be a Jesus follower and a God worshiper. How can I do that? And that's a great question. It leads to the second thing that I want you to know and I want you to understand this morning. You see, it's the responsibility of Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. It is his responsibility to open to you the way that you will be able to respond to God in worship. He is the one that is drawing you. He is the one that is causing you to have feelings towards God. He is the one that's working on your heart right now to bring you to a place where you not only know God, but you know worship. See, to those who are spiritually dead, I have to say to you this morning that Holy Spirit can make you alive to God right here in this building this morning. That this morning you can sense the life of God within you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. In verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 2, he says the Holy Spirit, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us, he took our sin-dead lives, and he made us alive in Christ. Oh, friends, hey, listen, listen, Christian, you're into dull routine, I think, because you ought to get excited at that verse. I'm going to read it again to you. I want to tell you it makes me want to dance and sing. Listen to what it says. Immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our dead sin lives and made us alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Not only that, not only that, the Apostle Paul tells us that Holy Spirit, he causes us no longer to be foreigners. Verse 19 of Ephesians 2 says, So now you Gentiles, you outsiders, you foreigners, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Hallelujah. Oh, we've been brought into the family of God. So you've been taken from the place of being aliens taken from the place of being foreigners to being a part of God's family. And now you're open to the experience of true worship. So it's Holy Spirit that's here today that's seeking to draw you to Jesus, to a place where you're not like Bill and just into dull routine, but now like Ben and opened up in love to Jesus and experiencing true soul-satisfying worship. You know, in the Old Testament, there came a time when worship became just a dead ritual. There came a time when it was just dull routine. And it was that um, many people just went through the formalities of coming to church. God made a promise, and his promise was this, that when Jesus would come, that Holy Spirit would make a huge change in people's lives. Look what he said. It's Ezekiel 36 and 26. God speaking. 
and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and carefully obey my regulations. I will take away your heart of stone, says God. You can't feel God with a heart of stone, friends. You can't love God with a heart of stone. You can't respond in worship to God with a heart of stone. It takes a work of Holy Spirit to change your heart from being a hard, unfeeling, unmoved heart to a heart that is now responsive to the love of God. It takes a movement of Holy Spirit that draws you to a place of seeing that your heart is hard and cold and it's cold towards God and now he draws you to a place where now your heart is changed by the power of Holy Spirit and now you become responsive to God. Now you fall in love with God. Now you feel God in your very, very being. draws you to confess your sin to God. He draws you to weep with joy that your sins are forgiven. He draws you to lift up your hands to surrender to God. He draws you to spread out your hands to receive from God. Oh, friends, if you ever see me standing like this, it's because I'm saying, I want more, God. I'm ready to receive more from you. It'll cause you to dance with joy before God. You know, I remember when I first saw people dance before the Lord. And I said, no way, Jose. Well, God heard me say that. And the next morning I was in prayer in my study. And as I was praying, God spoke to me. And he said, dance before me. And I said, I don't do that. <laughs> and I heard God said, don't say you don't do that. I am the Lord and the Savior of your soul. Don't call me Lord and not do what I'm asking you to do. I, I, oh, friends, I, I remember that moment. <laughs> I remember that moment of now realizing that God had asked me to do something that I'd never done in my life before and that I didn't want to do. But now he was asking me and I got up off my knees and I began to dance and I said, I'll dance before you. I love you. I love you with all my heart. I'll dance before you. You are my savior and my God. I love you. 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 I remember when I first clapped my hands in worship. That was a breakthrough moment. I remember when I was in worship and my heart was moved and for the first time I raised my hands. I remember, I remember when in the first time in worship I deliberately got down on my knees before the Lord and I bowed before the Lord in submission to Him. I remember the first time in this building, 
When in worship one day, God said, I want you to lie on your face before me. I want the people to know that it's me and not you. Lie on my face. And I lay on my face before the Lord right there in this aisle. You see, all scripture talks about this stuff. Clapping your hands, raising your hands, bowing in worship. And he talks about us doing it, not because everyone else is doing it, but because we're moved in our hearts to do it. Because it is that we want to respond to the movements of God in worship. We want to respond to God. You see, if you've ever thought that Christianity is about coming to church in dull routine like Bill, then curse that thought. Oh, and if you're into it, curse that thought. It is a curse to think of Christianity as dull routine. And this morning I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I was walking the streets this morning praying and praying that today we would allow Holy Spirit to draw each of us to come to worship and to be responsive in worship like Ben was. I pray that you will allow Holy Spirit to show you your sin this morning. I pray that you will allow Holy Spirit to help you ask Jesus to forgive your sin. I pray that you allow Holy Spirit to fill your life and draw you into authentic worship. You see, it's Holy Spirit who gives you a fullness of worship so that you will not be able to resist and you will break through your inhibitions. Where it is, you'll say, I'll raise my hands. You want me to raise my hands? I'll raise my hands. You want me to clap? I'm going to clap my hands. You want me to dance? I'll dance. Because we want to respond to God. We want to respond to him who is the Lord of our lives. And we want to give authentic worship to him. Not following like sheep that, that it is that we just do what everyone else is doing and we just go with the routine. No, there's something happening deep inside of us that it is that we want to give him our worship. We want to give him our praise. And I want you to know that age has nothing to do with worship. You can be 7 or 70, 86 or 16. God the Holy Spirit will draw you to worship Jesus from the depths of your being. I don't know if you were here on Wednesday night with the Watoto crowd, but I want to watch, I tell you, I watched those children's faces as they were doing their performance, but it wasn't performance because as you looked at their faces, they were just full of Jesus. They were full of worship. And when you think of it, friends, They'd been doing that since January this year, every night from January on bar for Monday nights. They had Monday nights off, but every night right down through coming here to us and they worshiped God that night as if it was the first time they'd ever got up to worship. It was because it wasn't that they were doing it because it was a performance that they come to present at Riverside. No, they were there beaming the love of Jesus because Jesus was drawing worship out of those children. I love to see children worship God. In the same way, I like to see older people who have not allowed their age to make them cynics and dull worshipers, but to see women and men, older men and women, 
lost in the adoration of Jesus, worshiping from the depths of their beings, people who love Jesus with all that they have. Well, I want to tell you, when you have a group of people like Ben who come to worship, all heaven breaks loose. I want to tell you, in fact, the Bible is very clear about it. God even looks down and says, hey, they're out of dull worship. They're really worshiping. I'm going down there. And God comes and he fills the place with his presence. And now heaven breaks loose amongst us. And anything can happen when God fills the house. Now I want, before we get into some worship here this morning, to give you the greatest scripture I feel on worship in the whole of the Bible. It's found in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 3, and it's verses 16 through 18. For me, this is the greatest scripture on worship. This is what it says. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So notice what Paul is saying. He's talking about people with unveiled faces. Now, when you think about a picture of a veil, a veil hides you. A veil covers your face so that no one else can see your face. It covers what you don't want others to see. You wear a wet veil if you want to cover up yourself and you want to hide away. You don't want someone to look into your eyes. So Paul wants you, and he wants us to imagine and have a picture of us coming to God covered up. He wants us to get this picture of us coming to God and yet hiding from God. Coming to church but saying, God, I'm here, but I don't want you to see me. Coming to church by saying, I, I'm here, God, but I, I have stuff in my life that's hidden away from you. I don't want you to see me. I don't want your soul-piercing eyes getting into the dark rooms of my life. So just let me keep the veil on my face. Let me keep covered up. No, it's the easiest thing in the world. Getting into the habit of hiding things from God. It's a crazy thought when you know that he's the all-seeing God. But, but we, we get into the habit of saying, no, I don't want him to look into my eyes. I don't want him to get too close. I'm 
hiding things from him. I'm hiding from him. Paul says this, as long as you keep the veil on, you will never see the glory of God. That's what he's saying. As long as you keep the veil on, you will never see the glory of God. Now note what Paul says in verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You know, I've seen this happen many times right down here at the front of the church. A bride will be led in by a father or someone she loves. And uh, she will have a veil often over her face. And then they come to the front. And when I get to the part of saying, who gives this woman to be married to this man? And the person giving her away says, I do, or her mother and I, whatever. And then he lifts the veil from off the woman's face. And she turns to face her soon-to-be husband and now they look deeply into each other's eyes. And more often than not, that's a moment where tears start. My tears. <laughs> when you see the love. Now that's a beautiful picture of worship, friends. This is what God wants to happen when we come to worship. He wants to be able to look deep into our hearts. He wants to be able to look deep into our lives. And he wants us looking into his face with welcoming eyes and welcoming love. And it only happens when you take the veil off. When you come before God and you say, God, nothing hidden. I'm not going to try to hide a thing from you. When it is that we allow Holy Spirit to reveal and to bring out into the open the sins that we need to confess and allow Jesus to forgive. When we say to God, nothing between God, nothing between, I want to see your glory. When you come to worship like that, you've come to worship, you've not just come to church. When you allow Holy Spirit to do that, you're not mindful of everyone else. You're mindful of God. And you're saying, I want to look into your eyes. I don't want anything between. I don't want the veil on. Oh, God, I come to look into your eyes. We take off the veil. We allow Holy Spirit to cleanse and lead us right into God's holy presence. And then look what Paul says that happens, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we with all unveiled faces, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord have been transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this transformation happens when nothing is hid and we're now given a glimpse of the glory of God and we are changed. Hey, when you come to worship and not just to church, you leave, but you leave different than when you came in. When you come to worship and you get a glimpse of the glory of God, you can never be the same again. 
It is that there's change that takes place. And Paul says, we reflect the glory of God to a lost and dying world. When you've been in worship and you've touched the glory of God, you're going to take it out and you're going to infect the world for Jesus Christ. You won't be able to hide it. We have to get this. We are changed by what we are intensely exposed to. I've got to say that again because I want you to get this. We are changed by what we are intensely exposed to. You know, I think the best way to think about this, just think about a a photocopier. You know, a photocopier happens when the original that you want to copy is exposed to intense light. And the image is copied now onto another sheet. It is that you put the copy that you want copied in and it's exposed to intense light and whatever's on that page is going to be transferred onto another page. Paul says, it's the Lord's glory. He is the original. He is the master. It is the image of Jesus. It is the image of his glory. And it is now that he is the original, he is the master. And worship, he says, exposes us to the extreme light of his glory. And we cannot, we cannot, friends, truly worship without coming away with something of his glory, of his image being copied into our lives. So that when we go out into the world now, it is, not, it is not John King you're seeing only. You are seeing John King and the glory of God that's shining through because he's being exposed to extreme light. The glory of God has come upon him. I want to tell you, you can't hide that you're a Christian once you've been in true worship. You can't hide that you love Jesus once you've been in extreme worship. Extreme worship causes you to be changed. Because we're changed by what we're intensely exposed to. You know, there's a negative to this as well. See, listen, if children are exposed to 100 hours a week of screen stuff, does it change them? You better believe it does. If you love your kids, you'll be careful what they watch on any screen. If you're exposed to pornography night after night after night after night, will it change you? You better believe it will change you. For the worse. See, whatever a person is exposed to affects their lives. So do you think that a person is exposed to Jesus Christ with unveiled face, nothing between, nothing hid face? Do you think it will change us? You better believe it will change us. In fact, it will change us so much you will not only want to wait till you come to this building to do it, you'll be worshiping the Lord every day. You'll get into his presence every day. And you'll say nothing between every day. And you'll kick every day off and every, end every day with exposure to the glory of God. 
and you'll worship him every day. See, coming to church will never leave you different. Coming to worship, you will never be the same again. Oh, can you see the difference here? Coming to church, you'll leave like you came in. But if you come to worship, if you've come before God and said, nothing between, I don't want to be hid, I don't want to hide anything, I want all things out in the open, I want to see your glory, do you think you're going to leave the same if you've been exposed to that? You won't better believe you're not. So let me ask you as you come with me now to a time of worship. Do you need to lift the veil this morning? Do you right now say to Holy Spirit, please look deep into my life and cleanse away the hidden things? Are you someone who knows Jesus, but really if the truth is known, you're a bill? just coming to church I want you to make a move today I want you to have a name change I want you to become a bear I want it to be that you come to church to worship so that from today you will come to worship saying Holy Spirit draw me closer draw me near I want more of you I want more of God I want more of the Maybe a Christian here this morning, you say, there's something missing from my life. I seem to come so far. And, 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 and maybe it is, friends, that you are an, a Christian, but you're like a car without fuel. You need to say to Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Fill me anew. That needs to be your prayer this morning. If God has spoken to you this morning, you need to move forward to God. You need to take off the veil. And you need to say, God, I'm not hiding anymore. I want to see your glory, Lord. You need to allow him to look deep into your eyes and deep into your heart. And if he exposes sin, ask him to forgive it. If he exposes uncleanness, ask him to take it away. Listen, friends, demonic powers will try to hold you back and say you'll never quit that sin, you'll never give up that habit, you don't need to take the veil off. I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every demonic hold this morning. So let's worship now. You can come and stand at the front. You can come and say, I'm going to get near to God. Make a move to be near to God. And I promise you, if you will move to God, oh, I'm not just talking about coming to the front. I'm talking about your heart saying, Lord, take away the veil. I'm talking about your heart saying, hey, hey, I, I, I'm no longer dead in my sin. I'm alive to God. I, I'm no longer a foreigner. I belong to the citizenship of heaven. I'm a child of the family of God. I'm going to worship him. Oh, come on. I can't wait. I can't wait, friends. I want us to worship Him. Let's worship Him.